morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to another episode of The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, aka Clean Sheet Wipeout. And my name's James, aka FBI The Drive. Good to see you again, mate. Quick turnaround. Yeah, it's not been long, has it? Um, but obviously that means there's been a lot of football. There has, yeah. To be fair, it's uh, quite nice seeing all the games played in the space of two days. It, it felt like it was back to a little bit of normality, so... Fingers crossed for next season. I hope so. <laughs> right. Well, uh, lots to cover. We're going to obviously look at this game week and then we might even have a sneak look at uh, game week 28. 28, fuck me. Game week 38. It, um, it's come around quite quickly and it's going to be the end of the season. Sad times, but uh, we're going to carry on podding through the summer. So lots to look forward to. But let's get straight to it. And um, first things first, mate. It was Man United 1, Fulham 1. Yeah, the bit of a shock for people this one. Uh, we all kind of expected a dominant Man United performance. A lot of us obviously captain in Bruno Fernandes, who obviously oh. got that uh, questionable assist. <laughs> much, much debate on Twitter. <laughs> Very questionable. I mean, come on, it's not an assist. Uh, even as a Bruno captainer, I said it's not an assist. VAR have fucked up. And there's been actually quite a few occasions in this game week where they've fucked up. Um and basically what FPL have done is they've turned around and gone, well, uh, if VAR have given that, then we kind of got to cover our back. So, um, yeah, if Bruno can get the assist, here you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of a sour one for non-owners. I think I was on the end of one as a non-owner earlier in the season when he got one of these bullshit assists. But yeah. nice to be on the other, the other for side. Sure, but <laughs> in fairness, it, it was nice to see Cavani's goal stand because what a goal it was. Oh, sensational goal. Um, to have the vision, obviously, seeing the keeper off his line and then to execute it, it was, yeah, it was class. Um, I'm sure they'll be, the fans will be glad he's uh, staying on for another couple of years. Oh, absolutely. And obviously to do that in front of the crowd as well. Like, this week's the, the first week that we've been allowed fans back since, you know, the brief periods back in, what, late 2020? So it's been a long time coming. And yeah, I bet the fans were absolutely buzzing to watch Cavani hit that. Oh yeah, they were. It's been so great to have the fans back. Just hearing hearing the roar, you know, just so much better than the artificial crowd noise. Just to have them back. Um, there's no guy pressing the wrong button. Um, <laughs> if it takes, takes a shot and it goes out for a corner or whatever. I know. Yeah, I never thought I'd miss it, but yeah, to hear them like actively shout for fouls and you know to kind of get get right behind a team, you don't get that even with the freight crowd noise. So no, yeah. yeah. To hear like the live action noise from from a crowd, it, it was brilliant to watch. It, exactly, like I don't think you can capture how incensed people get with the bad decisions, like <laughs> <laughs> like in the FA Cup final. Like that, people were like the atmosphere is just amazing. You can't recreate that. No, not at all. Um, but obviously, like you said, uh, a surprising result, and um, Joe Bryan got the equaliser for Fulham, uh, wiping out quite a few clean sheets once again uh, as a Luke Shaw owner. Yeah. But I've been completely fucked. Yeah. Constantly creates chances, likelihood of clean sheet, you know, often quite maxed. And uh, once again, gets booked, concedes, gets a one-pointer. It's been so frustrating. Yeah, very disappointing for me. Also a Luke Shaw owner. Um, had he kept the clean sheet and not got booked, uh, you'd be on for potentially bonus as well. Sort of a nine-pointer. But hey-ho. We can't, yes. we can't control it. I know it's just ever since I brought him in it's just been a sea of twos and ones with like 
the eight thrown in um, with the clean sheet once. But other than that, it's just, ah, uh, he's been a nightmare transfer and I never expected it. Same. <laughs> right. Um, the only other thing with Man United that a lot of us are on double and triple United at the moment, obviously after the triple game week. Are you at all worried um, about heavy rotation on Sunday, given that they then play the Europa League final on Wednesday? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, if we're going to see the same sort of team that got put out against Leicester, then it's uh, <laughs> not going to be good for us, is it? No, not at all. And I've got one free transfer this week, but I genuinely don't have a clue what to do about it. And we'll come on to that later. But yeah, I'm sitting with Bruno Greenwood and Luke Shaw. And I don't know whether to risk taking one out or whether Ollie won't do that. And, you know, they'll maybe give them 60 minutes and then take them off. But how's your bench? Um, the bench is looking at, I mean, the bench <laughs> bench fucked me this week. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I think the bench will be relatively strong again, like this cover there. But I don't expect the cover to be scoring the points that they did this week. So say if Bruno and Greenwood misses out, I don't expect the likes of, you know, Target, Godfrey to, to get anything in the fixtures that they're playing. Yeah, I've got I've got a shit bench as well, so it's a bit of a concern for me. Um, I've got like Ward against uh, Liverpool. I've mm. got Bidra, uh, who was benched in the last game, but it's a good fixture against Sheffield United. Yeah, I expect Vidra should start, to be honest. Well, I, ho- I hope so. Maybe I think like they play just sort of a more defensive formation because it because it was Liverpool. Yeah. Um, obviously, Sheffield United they'll be expecting to try and take the game to them. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, maybe I'll have cover for say if Shaw misses out. Maybe Bruno will play both. Um, I hope. I hope he plays both. Yeah, it, it's a guessing game. I'm hoping that we maybe get some, you know, press conference news or whatever, and Ollie might give us a, a slight steer, but I very much doubt it. Right, moving on then, and um, disappointing result and a disappointing game to watch after the chances created. It was uh, Southampton nil, Leeds two. Yeah, yeah, disappointing performance for us. Um, good, good performance from Bamford. It could have been even more. Um, been. Obviously, obviously, he stayed on his feet for that um, that challenge where he gets sort of wiped out by McCarthy. Um, that's got to be a pen. Like, Clear pen. Irrespective I mean, of him yeah. going down, he he impedes him. Completely agree, and it does make you, you know, it clearly indicates why players feel the need to go down sometimes to win a pen because. He's clearly impeded by McCarthy, you know. He, he tries to stay on his feet. A little bit naive, maybe, but Bamford's an honest player and he, he seems like quite a nice guy. But it, obviously when he wasn't given the penalty, you can quite clearly see him saying to the referee at the end, so I need to dive, like, you want me to fucking dive? And had he had he gone down, Stonewall pen, like, straight away. So I think it really needs to be looked at. And VAR should surely be picking up on that because it is still a foul. Like he's been impeded. He can't get to the ball. And even as a Saints fan, I, I was astounded that that wasn't given as a, a penalty. Yeah, no, I was really surprised. Like you just kind of, your heart sinks. You think, right, there you go. That's the pen. And then you're like, what? Okay, no. Um, but yeah, that's just a, it's a shame because he's obviously had the integrity to stay on his feet and then he gets sort of punished for it. Exactly. And he, he punished a lot of us owners and sellers as well. Like I, I personally benched Bamford um, stupidly. I mean, I've learned a lesson there. Always play the attacker. But um, 
I just thought, you know, obviously with the, with the rotation and the minutes that he was kind of getting on the pitch, I didn't think. And I ended up, you know, making a move, playing Greenwood and then putting Bamford first on the bench. And yeah, fucked me right up. But goal, assist, three bonus points. Frustrating because Rafinha could have had a hole as well and obviously didn't return. So that was uh, disappointing. And I, I guess one of the big talking points was the fact that um, Meslier was uh, benched uh, this week. And I believe we've also been told that he won't be playing in game week 38 either. Um, and Casilla plays, which is surprising. And I know an, a lot of Leeds fans don't like him because, you know, he's a racist and um, it's caused a lot of trouble uh, within the club. So the fact that Bielsa's given him the last two games of the season, a little bit strange, but uh, yeah, frustrating at the same time because as Leeds have proven, I think they had probably one of the best defensive runs for the final three games of the, the game week. If you've gambled on bringing in Meslier, then yeah, you've been you've been balled up by that one. Yeah, well, yeah, I obviously was one of those people that brought Meslier in um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's it's frustrating because obviously I have Forster as my second keeper, who, <laughs> as we know, didn't play this week. Yeah. Um, but I fully expected Meslier to play, so. Um, most of us tough, did. Tough one, tough one for me to take, and I've got an hour rely on Forster coming back into the fold next week, which I he should he will, based yeah. on what Hasenhutl said. But you never know. I would, it wouldn't surprise me to <laughs> no. see McCarthy start again, and then for me to have another week with ten men. Or there's, no been, there's been so much goalkeeper rotation. Like obviously, we'll come on to it. But yeah, like Patricio missed out this week. Fabianski was injured in the warm up. You've now got Dubravka's, you know, picked up a knock. To Darlow potentially plays um, in the week. It's just, it's been a nightmare for yeah, any goalkeeper. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah girlfriend had Meslier and Patricia on the bench. <laughs> I was like, oh, you bet Patricia off the bench. Oh, that'd be good. And then obviously Ruddy starts. <laughs> yeah, nightmare. Oh, absolute yeah. nightmare. But no, I think Leeds finishing the season well. And um, obviously with the fixture coming up, fully expect them to... Uh, from West Brom over personally, you know, at home in front of uh, the home crowd. I think they'll do very well. And I certainly won't be benching Bamford this week. No, they've been excellent. And second in the form table, um, yeah. which is worth mentioning. Um, I know, they, Ian. But he also it's gets a lot of criticism for dropping off at the end of a season. He it? does, exactly. And the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they've smashed it. And um, no, fair play to them. They're, they're a really, really enjoyable team to watch. Right, moving on there to the third game, and what a shock this was. It was Brighton 3, Man City 2. Well, it had a bit of everything this game. Obviously, a Cancelo red, um, a Dan Burn goal, <laughs> which uh, I didn't see coming. I think he literally needed his massive legs to score that goal. I don't think any other player would have been able to scoop that in. It is one of the funniest goals I've seen in a long time, like, he, he, he gets into the box and he almost suddenly realizes he's in the box and gets jelly legs. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God. And then obviously, like, scuffs the first shot, rebounds back to him, and yeah, basically falls on his arse and like flicks it in. It was fucking hilarious. It's like watching a daddy long legs try and score a goal. <laughs> I think it was, genuinely. And I mean, what a game for the Brighton crowd to see at home at the Amex. Yeah, and a win. Like, and I don't think any of them would have been expecting that. They'd have just been happy to stay in the game, not get yeah. thumped. And fair play to them. They took, yeah, they took the game. Trossard was um, really impressive. He um, took his goal incredibly well, didn't he? he? He did. And he was 
not scared to take on any of the City players uh, throughout the game, really. Um, I don't think they... Well, a lot of teams show too much respect to City, but I don't think Brighton did in this game, and no. they've, they've come away with the points. Yeah. Um, what is your opinion on the red card? Uh, remind me of it. I've, I've forgotten what right. actually happened. See, you've got Welbeck's through on goal, or ball over the top. You've got Cancelo and Welbeck through. Ah, and yeah, then yeah. Um, they, they kind of link arms a little bit. Welbeck goes down. And then, yeah, he, he's given a red for denying a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, I, I agree with it, to be honest. I, I thought he prevented a, a goal-scoring opportunity. I think he, would, he, was, he was clear through. Um, and I think he'd have finished it. I'm, I'm slightly on the other side. I think it's harsh. I can see why it's been given. But... He, he they link arms for what a second, and I also think Welbeck kind of instigates the link at the same time. So it's naive from Cancelo, like it's poor defending. He misses, you know, the touch when the ball's over the top and whatnot. And I can see why the ref's given it, but I have seen a lot worse this season not given. So I think it was unfortunate, but yeah, it, it changed the game. You know, obviously Torres got hooked. Um, which, you know, for all those people that were punting on him uh, for this week after his, his hat-trick last week, incredibly unfortunate. And um, for a period of time, you know, it worked for Man City. Obviously, they went 2-0 up. Gundogan got a very early goal. And then Foden got a, a brilliant solo effort. But yeah, Brighton just grew into the game in the second half. And then, um, yeah, ended up with a win. And what an adrenaline rush for those fans walking home. Right, moving on then. And... Um, what effectively was a, a massive game in the uh, the Champions League race, and it, it's left it still wide wide open, but very much Chelsea um, in pole position to claim it. It was Chelsea two, Leicester one. Yeah, a bit of a knockback for Leicester. And what I don't really understand is Brendan Rodgers benching Ianacho after no. the sort of form he's been on recently. Yeah. Um, bit of a bit of a strange decision. Completely agree. I mean, seeing obviously Perez, Madison, both playing, both were largely ineffective in the game. Madison then got hooked, and I don't think Perez was great. And Ian Archer obviously comes on, scores a goal. But yeah, like you said, he's been so clinical this season, and out of nothing, he can make a chance, score a goal. And even this, it was on the turn, and he, he puts it bottom corner. And I just, you have to question why you would bench a man in such great form. I know that they've had game after game after game, but there's two games after the season, and this is the biggest game, arguably, other than obviously the League Cup final. No, yeah, the FA Cup final. Um, but you have to start him. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, bit of a roller coaster for the owners that held him throughout the blank, because obviously you'd see him benched uh, and your heart would sink a little bit, but... Yeah. They still did the business off the yeah, bench. Absolutely. And um, again, you know, we hate talking about it, but VAR controversy again, because for initially, Chelsea were denied, a, what, in my opinion, a clear penalty. Uh, Werner gets taken out in the box. The, the, the defender goes through him, um, obviously trying to get the ball, but the defender ends up taking Werner's leg. No idea how that's not given as a penalty. Um, it's barely even checked and the game moves on and arguably I think that was more of a penalty than the one that was given yeah well I guess it's something needs to be done about this I don't know whether it's like a secondary team review review the team obviously that could take longer but you'd think that um 
when you have like the general kind of football community agreeing that qualified professionals in a room would would agree to. Yeah. Well, and it it reminded me of a very similar incident um, when Bertrand did a very similar thing, took a player out whilst trying to clear the ball and a penalty was given against us. So why in this incident, you know, Werner's quite clearly taken out, goes down and then, yeah, it's not given. I just didn't understand it at all. But Werner's um, a funny one because... So he ended up getting the assist, won the second penalty. Um, yeah, fair play to him. But he keeps scoring goals from offside positions. Like he's, he's, yeah, exactly. He had two goals. You could see the delight in his face twice, and he's offside on both occasions. Yeah, it's, it's painful for him. Whether it's uh, hitting the woodwork, just being wide, being offside, it's just not 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 his season. But I guess um, he'll go again next season. Um, yeah. Presumably a start, but yeah, you got a feel for it. I know. I, I got sent a text earlier, and I mean, I haven't checked the data myself, so it might be slightly incorrect, but I'll read you what it says. It basically says that Werner's obviously scored 12 goals this season. Um, he's actually scored, no, he scored six this season, but it would have been 18, I think, because he's had 12 goals ruled out for offside. Man needs to get on site. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. And it, it's consistent. That's You see it all the time. He's always on the edge of the offside, but it's always half a metre too early is what he's going. And if he can work on that and, you know, over the summer, like really look at the, the, the data and the imaging. And if Tuchel can find a way of him holding his run a little bit because he's got the pace to get in behind it's proven then he could be such a goal scorer but yeah time and time again this season we've all been frustrated at one point with owning Timo Werner yeah it's not like he's slow as well like he could just be a couple of yards back still still make up the ground he could give any any player a run for the money um I think that the most hilarious part of this game was the incident towards the end when um there was almost, you know, a ruckus between all of well, all twenty-two players on the pitch. Plus, you know, the benches were getting involved, and the the, um, the, the staff on the side, all because of a challenge um, that happened on the touchline. And then, <laughs> funnily enough, uh, what was it? Armarty um, is on the bench, and yeah, d- doesn't get a single minute, but got himself booked for for partaking in it. And uh, you sent me obviously that image, which just reminded me: is he still sat on your bench? He's last on my bench. Uh, <laughs> Merely there because he's cheap, but um, oh, yeah, I, I, I checked this point. I was like minus one. I'm like he never normally plays. Yeah. Click on it, it's the yellow. <laughs> oh, it was funny. It was it was a real funny moment to watch, but it just showed the uh, the tension in the game. To be fair, like so much was riding on it, and yeah, Chelsea Chelsea yeah, Chelsea came away as uh, victorious. So um, moving on to Wednesday's games, and obviously we had six games um, on Wednesday, so it was again a great day of football. Did mean, however, that you had to kind of select which one you were watching with three on at the same time, you know, to start with and then move them from there. But first things first, and albeit probably predictable, it was Everton one, Wolves nil. Yeah, um, I own Connor Cody, um, not specifically for this game. I, I, I mean, I, I've wanted to get rid of him for quite some time. Yeah, I think yeah. he might be my game week 38 final transfer. Um, I didn't expect a clean sheet and I I didn't get one. Um, Wolves were very poor in this game yeah. um, going forward. Just 
just look a little bit lost, to be honest. Um, obviously, the, Jimenez has been a big loss for them. And mm. um, he, it, the news has been sort of announced that he should be back for next season. Yeah, He'll have yeah, protective headgear, gear, but um, he'll be back. I don't know whether he'll naturally kind of not go for as many headers because he was quite good in the air. He was, yeah. I, I guess it's going to be all on the mind and it's all well and good. They can do training sessions. They can do, you know, 11 v 11 in training and whatnot, but it's not quite the same as that game environment, obviously with fans, hopefully in the stadium and whatnot. And yeah, it'll be that first header that he goes up for where it'll be in the nerves. And I guess it's the same, you know, we've both experienced it with like knee injuries and whatnot. That first game that you're back, do you really want to make the tackle? Because you're worried in the back of your mind, is it quite healed yet? And once you've made it, you don't think about it again. So hopefully once he's made that first header, he'll be fine. But yeah, it's uh, obviously um, a difficult process. And he's a professional at the end of the day. So Fingers crossed they've got the people there that, you know, will ease his mindset and whatnot. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, and, and another benching for uh, Mason Holgate. I know, yeah, that again. Nailed. <laughs> yeah, uh, it took, took me by surprise. Um, Ellie was absolutely fuming again, which <laughs> just made me chuckle. But um, yeah, Everton just seemed to have been rotating a few players recently, you know, defensively, I guess. There isn't a lot for them to play for this season, but um, one player that particularly impressed this time round and brilliant goal was uh, Richarlison. Really good headed goal. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 been decent this season. Obviously, Siggy setting him up as well. Yep. Um, I've got him in Sky. I'm glad he's done something. I've just, that's just <laughs> my, my team one where I take the kind of random punts and bring in people that no one else has. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the assist. But yeah, no, a good win um, for Everton, and it'd be interesting to see how they sort of approach next season. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big season for them because Everton, you know, with the team that they've got and with Ancelotti at the helm, I think they'll be expected to at least get Europa. And I mean, they should have been challenging for it this season, but they had that run where they, you know, they just weren't picking up points, and obviously at home generally they've been pretty poor this season thankfully with the crowd they managed to you know get the 1-0 win against Wolves but it's just not been good enough all right moving on then to um a game in which you brought in the goal scorer mate it was Newcastle 1 Sheffield United nil yeah I was one of the few people to choose to actually watch this game um mainly <laughs> just because of Willock um is the, the reason I watched this game no. and a, a great header uh for from Willock and what form he is on he has been on fire he scored in what three goals in the last eight games yeah and like three three of those those six games he's been off the bench as a substitute he had 11 minutes in one game 10 in another 26 in another he's been clinical um Steve Bruce has to play him now um I think he'll play next week he did um I think he got a bit of cramp or just to, yeah, yeah, understandable. Um, so yeah, he's just a bit tired, but he should be ready to go for. I think it's, I think it's Fulham the last game. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle Fulham. So a big game to be fair. And um, the the tricky thing will be with Willock being in such good form. Um, will Arsenal take him back for next season? I I can't see him going out on loan again. 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I think Newcastle might have been able to sign him if he didn't do as well as he's actually done. Exactly. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're Mikel Arteta, you're going to be at least thinking he could do a job for them. I think he's he's a good player. Yeah, I'd say he's up there on on a par with maybe even Saka. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got the likes of Saka there, Odegaard. Um, I'd say, you know, even even the likes of Pepe and stuff, Willock could arguably, you know, give them a, a challenge and a run for, for their position in the squad in the form that he's in. And obviously, if he's getting the goals that he's getting with the chances that Newcastle create, if Arsenal can sort their shit out, then they should be creating a, a lot more chances that Willock could potentially be on the end of. Definitely. I mean, he's scored a damn sight more goals than William has this season. <laughs> give, it, give, him, give him a go. It's not hard, is it? It's not hard. And obviously, um, again, goalkeeper-wise, talking point was the fact that uh, Dubravka seemed to uh, pick up a knock. So um, may well not even feature um, on Sunday against Fulham. So those with Dubravka, keep an eye, obviously, for, uh, for any press conference news. But it might be that Carl Darlow is back in goal at the weekend. Right. Another shock, but is it really surprising? It was uh, Spurs 1, Aston Villa 2. Now, it might be a bit late for me to think this, but I think my Spurs double up isn't a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) On and Kane. Um, It's not been great recently, has it? Yeah, no, it hasn't. Um, I mean, Son, Son, in fairness to him, has been okay recently. Um, but as a package, I don't think you need both in in the way Spurs are playing anyway for the last sort of half of the season, really. They've been quite disappointing. Um, obviously, it's clear that Kane needs to go to progress yeah. his career. Like, this is he is an elite striker and he deserves to be at a Real Madrid, a Man United, a Man City, a top, top club. And Tottenham, as much as they might sometimes think it and charge 60 quid a ticket, they aren't a top club. Mate, uh, we could do a whole rant podcast about, you know, the clubs that have been charging over the top in these, you know, final home games and whatnot. Given given the shit that we've had to put up as fans and obviously the fact that six of these clubs wanted to break away, You'd have expected, you know, a little bit of uh, give from the clubs. And I mean, come on, look, look at Burnley, like round of applause. They gave free tickets to all three and a half thousand of their um, the, the fans that got in. It was free. And that's at home against Liverpool. And yet Spurs are charging 60 quid, sitting them in the upper tier of the stadium. So they're not even, you know, at ground level. You, you couldn't even see them, but they were up, up high. And yeah, they gave some free food, which um, listening to Planet FPL, you know, James kind of tried to make the most of. And I think a lot of people were, you could basically get what you wanted as much as you wanted, but that's not 60 quid's worth. And then you see at the end of the the game, obviously that they've announced yet, like, please stay in your seats, you know, for the round of applause. The only player that came out was Harry Kane. Like all the other players stayed away. And then half an hour later, they get the, uh, the, 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 the tannoy basically telling them thanks and to all go home. Like, that's not the respect that you deserve from the players. You've spent 60 quid to go and watch this shit and watch your team get beat by Aston Villa, basically throw away their chance of getting Europa League next season and to turn around and disrespect the fans like that. I think it's not on. 
No, agreed. It's a joke. Um, surprising that only one player actually, the yeah. one who, if anything, is going to be off. Is exactly. it the one who, yeah. Tell me about it. And I mean, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of talk about Harry Kane, but I think this is the most that we've heard. Obviously, he's slowly coming out and you know, putting his opinion out there saying that he, he really wants to be challenging for trophies and whatnot. But I, I can definitely see movement in the summer and Spurs will probably have to cash in. They might not want to, but I think they'll have to. But um, back back to the game, I guess. It was... A good start from Spurs, to be fair. You know, Bergwijn took his goal brilliantly well. Like, absolutely smashed it in. And then from then, Spurs just kind of fell apart, starting with um, Regulon's, well, beautiful own goal. I mean, <laughs> what a slice. But top corner, top bins, stunning. Yeah, quite a comical one. That uh, reminds me almost of the Sunderland one that uh, was against us. Uh, I think it was Virginie. Uh, who scored the own goal? Absolutely <laughs> flattered it in his own goal. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, no credit to Villa. Obviously, Gra- Jack Grealish is back. Um, start, yeah, he's he's made a difference. Maybe not in the goals and assists, but in terms of the team performance of Villa, they've obviously got the win away at Spurs, which is impressive. They've yeah. they've definitely missed him. Oh, they have hundred percent. And I mean, I still don't think he'll be there next season. But at least he's getting a couple of games, you know, to start before before the end. And Ollie Watkins, you know, still putting his foot, trying to put his foot on that plane for the for the Euros. Once again, popping up with a goal, and it was a good finish. Yeah, very good finish. Um, I'd take him. I think. Yeah, I think he deserves a chance. He's a great finisher. He's, do, he's doing well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see that team that uh, Southgate puts out, and um, no doubt we'll uh, talk about the Euros at some point in the summer. Yeah. But agreed. Be interesting. Yeah, I know. Obviously, twenty-six man squads fully expect Watkins to be there and I expect Grealish will be too right moving on then and um, what was uh, Roy Hodgson's final game in charge of Crystal Palace and probably final game that we'll ever get to see him manage a team in the Premier League it was uh, not the way he wanted to end her it was Crystal Palace 1 Arsenal 3 no I was a bit uh, I was a bit sad for Roy um, actually when Martinelli sort of stabbed that one in um but I felt oh. yeah, yeah, it was one-one, and they, they, I thought, oh, that'd be a decent result for him to end on. But um, Martinelli had other plans. Um, and another good performance for him. Uh, yeah. He seems to be doing well. Obviously, he's a young Brazilian striker. Um, could be interesting to see how Aubameyang gets on next season. Whether they're going to start him from from the beginning, I imagine they will. Um, yeah, you'd expect so. They've got to improve he, somehow. Hopefully he'll have a good preseason for him, and maybe we'll be think. It'd be interesting to see how much he's priced, yeah, and whether he'll still be a midfielder. Maybe I think he'll still be a midfielder, but I don't think he'll be priced as highly as he, he is. I, I reckon ten million. Yeah, there or thereabouts. Um, um Pepe, your favourite player. <laughs> yeah, ran to the camera again. The fucking yeah. dick. <laughs> he it's loves it. The game against Palace that be- barely means anything. <laughs> He absolutely loves it. Got himself two goals, to be fair. You know, obviously got got the first and then, uh, yeah, got that 95th minute, you know, goal to kind of cement the 3-1 win. But um, I guess big talking point for Palace. And I mean, it doesn't just affect this season, but it looks like it could potentially affect the start of next season is um, Eze. He's picking up a quite bad Achilles injury uh, in training. And from early 
you know, mumblings, it sounds like he's going to miss the start of next season. Yeah, that's a that's a big shame because um, he, he he'd been having a great season, and for the new man, he'd have wanted to have had Eze at the sort of start of the core of his plans. So it's going to be tough for the new man, whoever he is, that comes in. Agreed. Yeah, and I mean, it's quite a rebuild to do at Crystal Palace because we've spoken about it before. But there's so many players that were in that squad yesterday that aren't going to be at Crystal Palace next summer or next season unless they sign extensions in the summer, which at the moment seems unlikely. But a new man might come in and, you know, instantly say, look, we're not losing Benteke, we're not losing Townsend, I want them to stay. Um, but yeah, I'm quite keen to see one who comes in to manage Crystal Palace. I know there's been mumblings about Frank Lampard and whatnot, but I don't think he'd be right for Palace. I think you potentially need, you know, someone like Eddie Howe, whatnot, that are good with clubs in the lower half of the table, but to maybe try and inspire the players a little bit more, maybe find a way of bringing in players that he wants, you know, and and kind of put them that way. And just look at Brighton, for instance. Obviously, they took a punt on Graham Potter. And albeit positionally, they aren't where they want to be, but the football is a lot better at Brighton. And the fans are enjoying what they're seeing. And I think Crystal Palace could be a very similar club with the right man in charge. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they go for. I wouldn't mind seeing Lampard uh, in charge of them. I think um, he obviously did okay at Derby and, and he did okay with what he had at Chelsea. Obviously, he was limited in terms of transfer. So it'd be interesting to see with like an X amount of million to spend yeah. how, how he does at Palace if he was to get the job. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, b- bookies at the moment, there's three or four names being banded around. So we'll have to see what way. I think it's Steve Parrish, obviously. Um, Steve Parrish goes. So one to keep an eye on for those Palace fans. Um, right, second last game of the game week and what was a, a crucial game for Liverpool. They, they had to win and, and they did comfortably. It was Burnley nil, Liverpool three. Yep, uh, the result went very much as expected. However, the players featuring in the sort of goals and assists, not so much. I yeah. expected a damn sight more from Mo Salah and... Thankfully, I guess I was kind of relieved as a person that didn't captain him because he, any return from him would have actually been negative to me in terms of effective ownership. I more people have captained him than than I own him or whatever. Yeah, uh, it was frustrating. I captained him in Sky. Um, I saw the the lineup for obviously Spurs, Aston Villa, and then I saw that Bale wasn't starting for Spurs and that Grealish was starting for Aston Villa and. I changed my mind. I went from Kane to, to Salah thinking, ah, yeah, I could have this. And I mean, Liverpool had 20 shots in the game, but only had three on target and obviously scored with all three. So wasteful, but then obviously clinical at the same time with the three that they, they, they did get on target. But like you said, yeah, it was, it was players that I guess are the opposite to what people wanted. So it was Robbo and Mane that obviously got the assists. People would have expected maybe Trent, Salah in there. And yeah, you had Bobby Firmino, Oxley Chamberlain came in, brilliant strike to be fair. And Nat Phillips got himself a goal in what was a what a thirteen pointer. Outrageous! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen, in both FPL and Sky, I've seen quite a lot of people punting on him. And um, shout out, I mean, if you're listening, Jazzy um, that plays Sky, she had the quadruple of um, Liverpool defence this week um, for the two the two games in Sky Week. 
So you've got Allison, Phillips, um, Robbo, and Trent, I believe. And all four of them have attacking returns, which is crazy. Oh, sensational. <laughs> Obviously, Allison in particular. Mm. Um, but yeah, cre- credit to her. That's a, that's a great decision. I think I Fair saw play. that. Take the treat. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And then um, I guess with Liverpool, they've got a huge game at Anfield this weekend. Um, obviously at home makes all the difference, I think. And yes, it's in their hands, which is incredible, you know, given where they have been this season. That last minute winner from Allison against West Brom is basically potentially cemented them Champions League um, football, which massive. But yeah, obviously going into that game, I'm fully expecting what will be a tired Crystal Palace team, you know, and injuries have hit Palace as we've spoken about. I think Liverpool are potentially going to run riot at home. I think they'll definitely win. Um, and potentially, obviously, they're going to pick a strong team. So, and Palace without Eze, I think, yeah, I expect them to win. And I'm glad I own Salah for that yeah. final, final game. About it. Um, and then finally then, um, what was after Sam Allardyce? You know, at the end of the game, there was a statement released saying that he's going to be leaving West Brom. Surprise, surprise. Um, it was West Brom one, West Ham three. Yeah, and I think he came out and said he's a short-term manager. I don't know if he, yeah. he was sort of saying it in a bit tongue-in-cheek, sort of saying like people dub him as a short-term yeah. manager. He's more than that. Eventually, eventually they got there in the um, in the interview that he came out and said, oh, "Well, you guys, the media, you know, you dub me as that, so I am that man." Yeah, I think he feels under underappreciated in terms of like football management. Uh, I remember him saying that like if his net surname was Aladicinio, he'd be Lord of his <laughs> one of the best managers in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's obviously not done the job this time round. First nope. time getting relegated as a manager, and that man Pereira, obviously the 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 guy that's performing time and time again. What a differential punt if um, anyone went for him. Fed up. Of talking about Pereira in every week, <laughs> not punting on him like six, seven weeks ago. It's madness. But yes, yeah, scoring direct from a corner this time. See, Suchek got a flick on, but you know, for argument's sake, it looks like it was going in, and that's what they counted it as. So yeah, I think without that flick, keeper probably saves it. But um, yeah, goal, fair play to anyone that's that's gambled on him. He's he's been one hell of a differential, but. Didn't really mean anything when um, West Ham then scored three. Yes, they did. Um, they could have had more. They obviously, um, well, they missed the pen. Yeah. Um, In the first Rice. minute as well. <laughs> I know Declan Rice takes the pens for West Ham, but he's just back from injury. Uh, arguably, he probably hasn't been practicing them as much. And you've got Antonio and Lingard on the pitch. Well, why is Rice then stepping up to take it? And I mean, yeah, he strikes it well, but he hits the post. I just don't understand why he took the pen. Do you think Antonio or Lingard will take the next one or do you think he'll stay on? I don't know. Um, from from what I've seen on Twitter and from West Ham fans, Rice seems to be the pen taker if he's on the pitch, but I just don't see him as a penalty taker. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Antonio, if I'm honest. Yeah, agreed. And obviously, we've had Lingard take a couple whilst um, Rice has been out. You know, obviously, he missed one and then scored the rebound. I think he scored the other. 
Um, but yeah, it just, just felt so strange. And obviously, instantly you thought, oh, you know, is that West Ham in trouble? Given Spurs had lost, this was a huge opportunity for West Ham to almost cement that Europa League spot. And um, eventually they did so. Yeah, they did. Um, another return for obviously Cresswell. Uh, first return since his return from injury. Same return to Um Be interesting to see how he's priced next season as well. Agreed, obviously, yeah. very good season. He's been up there with Dallas as the best defender in the game. Yeah, oh, 100%. Cresswell is a, a real underrated defender outside of like the FPL community because we all know that he's such a good asset in FPL, but rarely do you hear him like spoken about in the media or like raised at all. And I think it's, it's just a little bit harsh and he goes a little bit under the radar. I mean, this season he's got 11 assists. Now that's brilliant from, you know, fullback for West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think you've got to put him up there with the likes of Andy Robertson, but is Andy Robertson sort of very much on his own in terms of left backs that they talk about in the media? Yeah. He's, um, got, he's got more assists than Andy Robertson this season. Exactly, but exactly this time last season, you'd have been laughed laughed out of town for saying he's near Robertson. Yeah, in fact, he's got more assists than both Trent and Robertson because both of them are on eight assists. There you go. So I just yeah, I don't understand it. And to be fair, like his price is what put me off getting him an FPL recently. But at the same time I say that, I've been then punting on, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I guess it's the clean sheet potential for Liverpool that pushes you towards spending that little bit of extra money, whereas you don't often expect the clean sheet for West Ham. But, you know, these attacking returns at the same time, that they're making the difference. And several times this season, he's come up with double figures, you know. I could see a couple of 12-pointers, an 11, a 15-pointer. He's got it in him. So, uh, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on for next season. And um, I guess the other talking point with West Ham is uh, finally that that double up paid off of Antonio and Lingard. Obviously, goal for Antonio, assist for Lingard. And I think that made all the difference to a lot of ranks this week. Uh, without that goal and assist, my week was in the shit. So uh, <laughs> to suddenly get, I think it was what, 13 points from that moment you know they both end up three three and two for bonus points goal and assist I couldn't complain at all because uh, other than that I think I was on like 30 something and I was just crying <laughs> no if you're on the double up that's that's ideal that is uh fair play to you <laughs> absolutely right and then um obviously talking about FPL points then how did you get on this week okay um I started quite strongly um, but on the Wednesday, I think I sort of fell back a bit. Um, so I still got a green arrow, um, increased by, I think, just 10,000 places. Yeah, to 330k, got 53. Nice. Willock and Bamford, the sort of top scorers with 11 and 12. Uh, Dallas, Lingard and Bruno doing a little bit. But other than that, it was disappointing to obviously not have a keeper. And Luke Shaw was another mm-hmm. big disappointment with what was a good fixture for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I ended up on 49 points. And from where I was um, on Tuesday, I'll, I'll certainly take that. Um, for me, the big disappointment was obviously Hanford first on my bench. Even more so because I would have played him because I had Jota. 
And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a punt. I'm going to play, you know, going to make a transfer. I'll bring in Greenwood for Jota, you know, plum fixture against Fulham. I fully expect Greenwood not to start in the Europa League final. And therefore I thought he'll start the next two. What I didn't expect is a two-pointer from him, which then obviously forces me to put Bamford on the bench because I didn't really know who else to bench. And uh, Bamford to then stick two fingers up and get 12 fucking points. Where does that see you now? I imagine you've fallen back a bit. Um, I only fell back by 2K, which was... Uh, That's right. Yeah, I, I can't complain. So I fell from 56K to 58K. So I don't think I'm going to beat my PB of 40K, which is, is disappointing because you know, that was my uh, my target for this season. And we'll obviously, after all of this, we'll probably do a full review pod about um, the seasons that we've had. But the start of the season is what, what's cost me this year. Looking ahead to uh, 38. I don't know what I'm going to do. You see, I've got two very kind of clear options for myself. Um, I don't like Cody, so I kind of definitely want Cody out, who obviously they play each other, Cody and Shaw. They do, yeah. And I can upgrade Shaw to Trent Alexander-Arnold with the money in the bank I've got. Or I can up co- upgrade Cody to Robertson. Nice. And I'm edging, good moves, toward, to be fair. edging towards Cody to Robertson just based on the fact I'd rather have Shaw playing against Wolves than Cody playing against Man United. The question is, though, does he even play? This is, this sure? is, this, yeah, this is what's playing on my mind. And I'm hoping, like I said, Ollie might give us something, but I don't know if he will. But, well, yeah, if there was to be a really weak United team, then Wolves may even stand a chance of keeping a clean sheet. Well, exactly, yeah. And I mean, I've got Shaw, Bruno and Greenwood. And at the moment, I'm benching Greenwood um, because I just don't know who to bench. I've got obviously Rafinha, Salah, Lingard, Bruno, Antonio, Bamford and Kane is my front seven. Plus Greenwood there. Do I then risk removing Bruno and bringing in an, a midfielder that, you know, might play or could likely get some decent points, you know, maybe punt on a, a Man City midfielder for the final game, like Amarez, you know, because Man City are at home, they're in front of a crowd, they want to celebrate. The Champions League final isn't for at least another week. So I'm potentially expecting quite a strong Man City team against Everton. Um I could look to do that. But again, same thing. I'll probably still bench Greenwood. And if Luke Shaw doesn't play, I've got Target against Chelsea and Godfrey against Man City. So <laughs> it's just, it's tough. And it just makes me regret making that move even more so in 37 because I'd love to have two free transfers right now. But I don't want to take a hit for the final game week because it just doesn't feel worth it, particularly no. for a defender. No, I'm, 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 I'm not wanting to do it here either because I see hits as more of a kind of part of your longer-term planning and obviously it's, it's the last week. Exactly. So what I'm tempted to do um, is I may well remove either Target or Godfrey and bring in Nat Phillips because I know that Nat Phillips will play. Um, it would then mean benching probably Luke Shaw which is even more on because then if Luke Shaw does play, then could get a clean sheet because it's Wolves who don't score goals. 
So I'm just in such a dilemma and I've got a few days to think about it, but it's pissing me off. Yeah, there's a lot you can do there, really. Um, obviously, there's a lot you could do is obviously with regards to premium assets, you don't have that fear of removing them because it's just a one-week thing, a one-week punt. That yeah. Bruno Tamares move might actually work. Exactly, exactly. But um, in terms of captaincies, I think in my, I write an article for um, Jumpers for Goalposts. So obviously, if you're... Um, if you're not following them on Twitter, I think, you know, give the guys a follow. It's, it's a brilliant little team that I'm involved in and there's some fantastic articles, but I've started to do a captaincy article um, week on week and I've done it for the last couple, but I do like my top pick. I pipped at the post who, you know, could have got the, the top pick but didn't quite make it. And then a, a real like wild card pick as such. But for me, I think Salah will be the most highly owned captain this week. I'm going to be on him. I think you might be yourself. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> very close though for me would be Trent I genuinely think Alexander-Arnold could go off in this one clean sheet you know potential assist potential still got a massive point to prove last game before you know the Euro call up I think if, if you're going to take a punt Trent and then if not man in form you know scored got an assist against us I think Patrick Bamford at home to uh, West Brom could be another really good shout yeah, I think I think I fancy Salah and Trent um, over Bamford, but yeah, I think any kind of strong Liverpool player would be a good captain choice for this. Yeah, even 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 Robertson. I mean, he's got yeah. two assists in the last game. Um, exactly. He, might, he might, might get an assist again, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and obviously, clean sheet should be likely. Yep, no, for sure. But it's going to be an interesting game week, and obviously, um, next week we'll record uh, following up. You know. The, the final game week 38 of the season. And um, we might even have a little bit of fun, you know, maybe looking back at our old predictions. And I know full well that some of my predictions were absolutely fucking shocking. So I, I can't that, wait to talk about those. <laughs> right. Oh Let's uh, quickly jump onto the Sky game then. And um, obviously, once again, we're into the, the final week of uh, Sky. And um, for some strange reason, they're calling it game week 37 because obviously they're, they mix their weeks and whatnot, but how did you get on this week? Not too bad. A um, hundred points exactly in my, my main team, um, but I've fallen down a bit with that. So I don't know if that's just people using transfers or just people having better captaincy choices. I, I picked Salah. Um, yeah. I was between Salah and Kane. In the end, it made no, no difference. difference. <laughs> Neither even got a shot here, man. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's extra disappointing when you, you get just a cold-hearted two-pointer. Yeah. Um, but my third team uh, got 135 points, nice. which was relatively strong. It's got uh, Hoiberg, Upwork Cresswell in for this week. Um, I brought in Antonio as well, that worked. Um, so climbed up the ranks in our little third-team league. Mm-hmm. Um which I'm happy about. I've got three transfers left for the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit of fun. It's nice to play around in that team. Yeah, um, I reckon for any new players. Yeah, oh, 100%. I, I wish I'd taken my third team a bit more seriously because obviously there's cash leagues as well for third teams. Obviously, we've got one. There are others out there. Um, some big cash leagues as well. Um, I know Tim runs a, a massive one that I'm involved with. Five at a winter, but it's possibility win like two, 300 pounds. So, you know, it's there. And yeah, next season, I think I might take the third team a little bit more seriously. But um, 
for my main team, I uh, got 135 points. So I'm very happy with that. Can't really complain. I'm sitting at 40th. So, um, yeah, I mean, to get, uh, barring an absolute disaster, top 50, top 100 should be pretty confirmed um, from, you know, this weekend. Given it's my first ever season, I certainly have to be very happy with that. And honestly, I don't think I'd be where I am without listening to obviously Planet FPL and um, the Hub guys, because you know the advice and just the chat that they produce on the pods, and even the the Scout boys, um, the, the the three main Sky pods out there. I think the content is exceptional from what they produce, and it just means beginners like us can come into the game and understand it like really early on. And they're obviously all very accommodating, happy to answer questions and whatnot. So. I'm hoping next season I can push on a bit, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll very much take a top 100 finish this season. No, you, you've, you've smashed it um, well above both our expectations, I think. 100%, yeah, big time. Um, in terms of captaincy, I think, to be fair, we've probably already covered it. I'm 100% going to be on Mo Salah for, for captaincy this, this weekend. Same, as below. Yeah. And no transfer, so we can't even talk about that, but... Uh, yeah, good luck for the Sky Game Week people. And um, those that are in mini leagues, you know, if you're chasing or if you're trying to hold on to, to winning that mini league and a bit of cash, g- good luck. All the best. Right. Um, we've got two questions in and um, they're both Sky related. So uh, we'll jump straight to it. Albeit, I think they're both quite tricky to answer because I've not got screenshots of either of their teams. But first things first is a question from FPL Glasto. So in Sky, I still have five transfers. What would you do with them? Yes, I don't care about Sky. <laughs> that's outrageous. That's, that's a lot of transfers. Um, if you don't have Salah, obviously, or Trent or Robbo, bring them in. Uh, yeah, load up on Liverpool would be my uh, my option there. Liverpool and Leeds, I think, are the two teams that you should be targeting um, with those five transfers, mate. And obviously the big thing with Sky is we get to see every single team lineup. So don't make any early transfers. Wait until three o'clock when you see the team sheets. And inevitably, we're all going to have one or two players that might be rested, missing out. You know, the likes of Bruno, you know, Gundogan picked up a knock. You know, if, if people like that are sticking around our teams, you, you've got the moves there. And then if not, yeah, just take five punts. Go for it, mate. It's yeah. the last game and you don't give a shit. So. <laughs> City news is obviously gold dust as well. So you could bring in... Torres or whoever's yeah. playing Mares, punt on those. That, exactly. That. Yeah. Now, big time. Just, just have some fun with it, mate. And hopefully, next season you might be a bit more involved in Sky. Um, and then final question in from FPL Thomas again, Sky related, I believe. Um, I have one transfer left. So who should I bring in and captain? Also, what's your favourite supermarket and why? Well, we'll answer the first one. Um, similar for me. If you're not on Salah or Trent already, I'd bring them in and captain one of them. Yeah, agreed. It's, it's got to be got to be mine. Yeah, has, has to be. And if not, and if you want to have a bit of fun and you've not got, you know, a Mane or a Robertson, go for them. Right. Just go for at least the triple up on Liverpool, I think. Um, the second part of that question, mate, what's your favourite supermarket? That's a, that's a tough one. Um, at the moment, we've been going to Lidl because there's a new Lidl that's opened up around the corner, and like they're quite good for their 
their meats, their cheeses. Mm. Um, they do like obviously like international weeks. They have like a Spanish week where they do like loads of chorizo and shit. And then obviously it's very cheap as well. Um, you can't really go wrong with um, little. So I think for the moment it's little for me. Yeah, I love a good little. I mean, we've got we're quite spoilt where we are. Um, we've got a little a Tesco's and a Morrison's all within five minutes of us. So can't really complain which is really weird given i live in like a dorset town um but yeah surrounded in supermarkets um i agree with you with little i think it's brilliant love little uh we try and go there you know even the the pastries and like the fresh like fresh fruit and veg i think is brilliant at little and you can't beat the middle a little albeit you always end up spending more than you want because you see something that you don't need but looks good and you'll get it and uh Obviously, they've got the aisles of, um, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. And usually you find some good bargains there. But we have found that at the Morrisons that's near us, if you go there between 7 and 7.30, they start to reduce so much. And, I mean, like, you t- we look at Tesco's reductions and things are like 80p and 95p. You go to Morrisons, mate, in the, um, the, the fridge that they've got there, I managed to pick up two steaks for 17 pence. Like, wow, that's insane. It's, it's madness. They, they just literally slash their prices in our Morrisons from that time, and people just go to the aisles. So, yeah, we, we once did two bags worth of shopping for about £1.60, which is fucking crazy. And it was all reduced stuff. So, yeah, between those two, I'd, I'd definitely go for it. <laughs> right, well, I think that's enough about uh, supermarket chat to, um, to end the pod. Obviously, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, basically talking you through the the 37 game week so far and like we said we'll bring you uh, one more fpl podcast um next week and then we'll look to start to do some specials over the summer which i know me and james are going to have a conversation about might even get a couple of guests you know there's some talks ongoing so we'll um we'll have to go from there and exciting times ahead isn't it mate oh it, it really is um sad it's coming to a close um but It'd be nice to have a little break from FPL, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. We'll just we'll focus on watching the Euros and uh, watching obviously the Copa de America. And I'm going to play the, the Euro game as a bit of fun, and I'm going to get involved in the the Euro fan team game as well because I can't turn down trying to win a little bit of money, and I'm winning a little bit of money in fan team for the official game this year. So just going to use some of that to to enter the the Euro game as well. But um, it's been a pleasure, folks, and. Uh, We will see you probably early next week. So it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks, guys.